ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 372nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons went down 19-13 up here in Landover, Maryland in the final minute. Quarterback Marcus Mariota is passing the ball from the four-yard line and got tipped up by Deron Payne and Kendall Fuller intercepted it in the end zone to uh, protect the victory for the Washington Commanders. It was a hard-fought game. It was 10-10 in the uh, at halftime there, and then uh, Washington decided to run the ball, and they ran it up to 176 yards. Brian Robinson ran 18 times for 105. That was designed to keep the Falcons off the field. The Falcons had a shot there at 9.05, but then gave up. Uh, the line didn't hold, and they had to punt. Uh, defense got a three and out and got them the ball back. They got it at 5.06 and, and went on the move. Uh, two plays, uh, Parker Hesse, uh, then uh, another run by Patterson, and then uh, hit Alameda Sakias for a 45-yard gain. And just like that, boom, they were on the 26, looking to score, knocking at the door. Uh, get down to the two off of a penalty, and um, then Mariota calls a, a read option. Thought he saw the end going down the quarter rail. He didn't. The end dropped him in the backfield for a loss. Now you get, you know, I'm not a big fan of the pistol inside the five uh, or a shotgun. You're taking the ball back and then trying to go forward. But, uh, you know, people are doing that now. So they did that, went in the shotgun on the four-yard line, tried to throw a pass when they have been running it all day. So it uh, didn't work out. Ball got popped up. They lost. Falcons are now. Five and seven after 12 games with five to go. Uh, only consolation prize. Um, you know, this was a big loss today because if they had the win over the commanders, it got down to tiebreakers. You know, if they get in the wild card hunt, it would have been a big tiebreaker to have. They already have one over Seattle and uh, the 49ers. But now, you know, probably the best, well, the only way really is probably to win the NFC South at this point. Uh, you know, maybe even you got to run the table to get to 10-7 and seven, uh, to do that. But uh, the Buccaneers lost today too, so they or 5-6, and six, and the Falcons remain a half game out of first place with seven losses in the NFC South. So let's get on to things here. Um, Coach Arthur Smith, we're going to hear from him. We're going to hear from Marcus Mariota and uh, Tyler Algier and Jake Matthews. And then we'll we'll have some notes, take a break, mail back, player notes, and get to some defensive players, uh, Grady Jarrett, Lorenzo Carter, and Arno Ibikite. So let's get rolling here with Coach Smith. Here's what he had to say on the loss to Washington. 
disappointing to lose, uh, and especially when it when it happens like that, D. Led. Um, you know, our guys have always. It's a resilient group, and you got to give credit to Washington. They made a play at the end. Thought we had the look we wanted, and the guy tipped the ball up, and he and he caught it. So, fortunately, that's the way it went. And um, but our guys understand. You know, it's it's always going to sting, but we're going to get. You know, you get back tomorrow. We'll get up, and we'll get back to work and and try to correct things and uh, come out swinging because we got a big one next week against Pittsburgh. All right, yeah. I would rather be in a full house down there on the floor and let do uh, do some Morty Hayes three yards and a cloud of dust. Last thing, the old adage, uh, three things can happen on the pass and two of them are bad. And we saw that today, and the Falcons came home a loser because of such. Here's what Arthur Smith had to say on the play call of the late game interception. And I'm not going to go on the scheme, but there's a lot of options on that play, Mike. And... Uh... And the way the Washington defender played it, um, you know, thankfully Marcus was able to get out of it. And so you come back, and we got plenty of plenty of time. We still had our timeouts, and those are decisions you make, and you got to live with. And so, like the look, but unfortunately, the result not what you're looking for. And like, hats off to their D line. I mean, it wasn't like they tipped a lot of balls today, and really didn't get a lot of pressure the way our line played. They made one more play right at the end. And so, yeah, it's natural. You live with that, but that's that's, that's part of coaching in the NFL. So, you know, you got to be ready to make the, make the calls and give Washington credit. They made the play. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Yeah, he's the play caller. Uh, here's what Arthur Smith had to say about um, living with the decision and on, on that play call. It's, it's, it's an emotional game, and the easy thing to do is to, you know, Look for some kind of excuse and you know whatever. At the end of the day, Josh, I mean that's what you live with as a play caller. I like the, you like the look, but again they had a say and the guy tipped the ball. So yeah, sure you go back and you replay a lot of things that, that lead up to it. This that whatever. I mean and ultimately when you can take the emotion out, then you got to be as objective as you can be, and that's what we try to pride ourselves on. And uh, like I said, unfortunately we came up short. So. As you live with those decisions. All right, Marcus Mariota uh, was the quarterback there on that play, got him down there, but didn't make the game-winning play. Here's what Marcus had to say on the play call that he threw the interception on. Yeah, I thought it was a great play call. Um, you know, CP was open. Um, unfortunately, he got his hand up, made a play on it, and, um, you know, bounced it away. Yeah, well, here, uh, Marcus again here, or if he can anticipate the lineman tip in the pass because he sees them you know do you pull it back do you pull it down or you know can you anticipate that here's what he had to say about Deron Payne's tip pass it's tough right like um you know you're keeping your eyes downfield you're going through your progression and your read um you know sometimes you can kind of feel defenders in your face but it's hard to say that you're really kind of thinking about that in that moment yep he uh stuck with the call a couple decisions down there um you know, that one to throw that ball and the, the one before that that took a two-yard loss, you know, led to the loss today, you know. And no sugarcoating that for everybody. You know, Marcus Mariota uh, has made some plays this year, but he, you know, didn't make some today when they needed it. Here's what he had to say on these losses and how tougher, how tough they are as the games get bigger later in the season. Yeah, it is tough. Um, you know, these games, as you're 
progressing through the season, get bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't pull this one out. But at the same time, we got to bounce back and get ready for uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Tyler Algier had another strong game for the Falcons today. Uh, the committee actually looked pretty good. You know, good to see they're sticking with it. Huntley comes in, gets a 12-yard run. Uh, Algier's running hard. Patterson's running hard. Uh, you know, they still um, ended up with 167 yards rushing. Uh, that's how the Falcons got to move the ball. Here's what Tyler Algier had to say after the game today. The one drive when everybody was rolling, he got 12, you had 11. Mm -hmm. <laughs> CP got loose, quarterback got loose. Uh, you know, that's how, what would that feel like for you guys to know that community can still deliver? Yeah, sure, I think. Um... I think that's probably our best drive, and I think um, really just having that, just feeding off each other, feeding off each other. You know, Hung gets a good run, he starts it off, and then I go in, CP goes in, pops a big one. I think, um, yeah, shoot, just feeding off each other and then just just doing what we can do, just doing what we can do to help the team. What's the mindset of the team after, you know, you get down there to the two and get one able to get across? Yeah, shoot, mindset's a score, but it's just unfortunate. Like, it's a great play. Great play, you end up tipping the ball, and then defense made a stop, and then just unfortunate, just unfortunate with what happened on the punt. But we we fought, we fought. I think um, we were in a good, we were in a good spot, but just came short. We'll learn from it. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, so you know, uh, what do you sense the mood of the team is? Uh, I know it's tough after a loss. What do you say? Oh, say that again. The mood of the team. Yeah, shoot. Losing sucks. Losing sucks, I think that's probably the hardest. You know, we always we want to win. We want to, especially in the spot that we're in. But I think um, we still have a great chance. Still had a great chance to do what we do. And I think um, with this team, it's just a resilient resilient group. You know, we're always in the fight, even just those chances, those slim chances that we might be out. But then we end up still being in it. So I think... Um, just taking it, just taking it day by day. We know we're learning from the film, and then just get better on to the next week. All right. Now, one of the players who was uh, really, really distraught after this game was uh, Captain Left Tackle Jake Matthews. You know, Jake. Uh, you know, it hurt. He wasn't, you know, hiding that. He was frustrated with the loss, and that you know this was a tough one to take. Here's what Jake had to say um, about that: the emotion and being frustrated after this final possession. Frustrated, there's no doubt. I mean, um, you know, we had all the confidence in the world we were going to score right there and win the game. You know, Got to give them credit. They stopped us at the end. We didn't get it done. And, you know, it's frustrating, for sure. All right, here, uh, let's look at some game notes here from this one. You know, Landover, We, I told y'all they were making stuff up here. I was going Landover early in the week. Then I just would put Maryland in there. Then they put, start putting North Inglewood. And then today they went back to Landover. There are two towns, um, North Inglewood. I guess the stadium is in part of North Inglewood. And on the sheet here they have North Inglewood, Maryland. Uh, but we switched our date lines back to Landover. I don't know why we did that. but So I don't know if I'm in Landover or North Inglewood. But it was Landover back in the day. So we'll um, let them fight that out. Game notes. The Falcons fell 19-13 on Sunday. The offense had... 332 net yards, including 167 rushing. The uh, offense has rushed for more than 100 yards in 10 consecutive games for the seventh time in franchise history, first since 2006. 
Falcons also all eclipsed 150 yards rushing for the eighth time this season, tying the most such games through the first 12 games of a season in franchise history and the first time since 2006. Also, tight end Parker Hesse served as the Falcons' sixth captain today. And uh, we'll do a couple player notes here so we're not just pushing all of those to the end. We'll do the offensive ones. Marcus Mariota finished 15 of 25 because we got mailback questions today. Thanks for sending those along. 60%, 174 yards, one touchdown, and 77.8 passer rating. Uh, Marcus Mariota's 14 passing touchdowns this season or the most in a single season since he threw 26 in 2016. Uh, Marcus Mariota's 421 yards rushing on the season mark a single-season career high. He also joins Michael Vick as the only other quarterback to rush for more than 400 yards in a single season in franchise history. Tyler Algier had 54 yards on 11 carries. Alameda Zacchaeus had five catches for 91 yards, including that big 45-yarder in the fourth quarter. Uh, he has 465 receiving in 2022, surpassing his previous high of 406 of last season. McCole Pruitt, he had two touches, uh, two catches uh, for nine yards, one touchdown, and uh, that was his second touchdown of the season. So uh, there are your um, some player notes and uh, some game notes coming out of the Falcons. 19 to 13 loss to the Commanders. This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we thank you all. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Uh, we're going to welcome our executive producer, Daniel Solerson, in to help us with the mailback questions you sent in after the game. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you can send them after every game. At D Orlando AJC is the way to follow d of course, for all your Falcons info. But also, if you want to tweet at him questions after the game, good news is we have some for you today, d The bad news is they're all pretty frustrated fans, which we sort of understand during this time as the Falcons lost to the Commanders. But we'll start with at Brenton Baker 20. He said, here's a question. Why throw the ball when we are averaging over seven yards per carry? I think a lot of people are frustrated with the play call. We we heard from Arthur Smith. We heard from Marcus Mariota. So uh, I'll leave that question for you. Why throw the ball when averaging over seven yards per carry? Yeah, uh, they said they like the look. Make that make any you know? I'm I'm old school. I'm three yards in clouds of dust, so I don't really want to throw the ball on, from the four yard line. I 
think that's a you know a really bad principle but they they don't and they like to spread people out and they thought they saw something in the middle of that defense where he could throw the ball uh behind those tackles and get an easy score didn't work out that way uh and uh you know he's got to live with the call i don't i you know i'm you know i'm not going uh, I mean, nobody's drawing up plays to to not work. So you know, they. I'm not gonna question the. I think you can question the play call in this instance. You you, you know you are uh, running the ball pretty good, and hey, you got four shots. You got all your timeouts, so you don't your time's not an issue. Uh, load it up, and they did on one play. They had Kefa in there, a couple tight ends in there, and just bang that thing going in there. But they didn't. They must didn't like the fact that they couldn't really push these guys around. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are two of the best tackles in the league, so you kind of got to run around them. But uh, they ran some toss sweeps early, and they ran uh, Algier off tackle uh, on that late, that last third down conversion. So they had options, but they picked the one that called for Mariota to throw a pass, and that didn't work out so well. Well, speaking of options, the next question is from Brady Fields at Shady underscore B underscore Brady. Um, why were there no looks to Drake London, who's been great in the red zone? Well, one of the big plays was uh, a 22-yard pass to Drake on second and 25 after Pruitt had, uh, drew a penalty. Uh, but, yeah, and then Drake London got a ball on third down that he dropped. So I don't know, maybe that drop uh, screen pass Maybe, uh, you know, made uh, Mariota go away from him. I don't know. But, yeah, 6-5 target down there in the end zone. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, that that's what you got them for, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, they um, I don't believe he got any targets. Maybe it was because of the drop from earlier in the game. All right, and the last question I have, I'm going to combine two D-led because they're kind of on the same topic. And this topic has been the one that we've discussed, I think, every episode that we've had during the season and of course, that's Marcus Mariota. So uh, Trayvon Savage at Trayvon Savage 2. Apologize if it's Trevon. Um, and Kenny Dilliard at KLD2203. When do we draw the line for Mariota? And then the other one, why does Arthur Smith continue to put the ball in Mariota's hands when the game is on the line? So I'll kind of let you answer that in a two-part question, d Their quarterback, until they, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, until they're out of the playoffs, he's going to be his guy. Now, um... You know, we saw earlier in the season where they took the ball out of his hands and ran it 14 straight times. Maybe that's what they needed to do today. Uh, But they had to put it in his hands on the 45. You know, they were on the 16. They had to get moving. And uh, they hit on a 45-yarder to Zacchaeus. You know, that's the same play he hit on against Cleveland, I believe, and the 49ers. But he was running to the other side and threw back across. But um, it's it's a catch-22. You knew... What Marcus Mariota was uh, when you signed him, you know, he's a guy that's going to make splash plays. He's going to dazzle you. Then he's going to do some not-so-dazzling things. And today, uh, with the game online, he did some of his not-so-dazzling stuff where he threw the ball into coverage. He ran the ball, pulled it out, and ran into a tackle. Uh, when um, I would have, you know, your best two players on this offense were Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. So give Cordell four times to pound the ball in, and, and you know if they don't they stop us, then I can go home and I'm gonna sleep easy. I'm not gonna be worrying about some tip pass or anything. I'm like hey, we loaded it up, we went after him and we didn't get it. But I got four shots from the two. Probably not throwing it. I'm definitely not getting in the shotgun. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how they react next week when they welcome in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And next week, we'll also have another mailbag. You can follow DLED on Twitter at AJC. That's it for the mailbag this week. I'll send it back to you. All right. Thank you, Daniel. I'm going to finish up here with some of the defensive notes, and then we're going to hear from some of the players here from the um, Falcons here. The uh, leading tackler for the Falcons today was Rashawn Evans with 13 tackles, 8 solo. He has a team leading 119 tackles this season. Career high for him, surpassing his previous best of 111 set in 2019. Mikhail Walker had nine tackles and an interception, two passes defense. In the, uh, it was his second of the season and third interception of his career. Darren Hall matched a career high with, with seven total tackles, uh, but he... Got the bad end of one of uh, Brian uh, Brian Robinson's 16-yard touchdown run. He, uh, he got low, but uh, Brian truck, stri- truck sticked him off and went on into the end zone there. So I know uh, Hall's going. He's going to figure out. He's got coming there with a little bit more, a little bit more uh, bad intentions for these running backs because they're not, you know, going down. And uh, you know, but that he did have a career high with seven tackles. That wasn't one of them. He missed that tackle. Now, uh, inside linebacker Troy Anderson had five tackles, uh, one for loss, and uh, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett recorded five tackles and one quarterback hit. Uh, we got a story up on AJC.com talking about the run defense. You know, we said after the Carolina game, they should go and just get ready. People going to try to run the ball. And that's what uh, Washington did today. And, uh, you know, took 33 minutes and nine seconds off the clock. We told y'all they were number one in the league in time of possession. Because Coach Ron uh, and Coach Smith are in the same boat. They got to protect their defenses. And so that's how they protected their defense uh, was by running the ball with Robinson, uh, Antonio Gibson from Eagles Landing High and Stockbridge. And uh, the uh, other back, Jonathan Williams, got some run. And uh, Curtis Samuel got a little bit of run there, too. So not so much. Terry McLaren didn't do too much today against the Falcons, but uh, they were able to run the ball. So that was the big thing for uh, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Grady Jarrett, let's hear from Grady on, uh, you know, what we need to be uh, or how the defense need to be more stout in defending the run. Too many missed tackles, I feel like. Um, I got to run, run back, see the film, but maybe too much leaky yardage, you know, a couple, couple mush plays that could have went the other way. And we just got to be more stout uh, across the whole across the whole um, run defense, you know, whether it's D-line, you know, linebackers, however it may be. We could just be better, you know, even myself. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, we just um, got to review this tape and get better. Yep, no doubt. Uh, the other thing they want to – you know, it's tough when you, you know, you look like you're getting ready to win. It's like you're down there. You know, you score the touchdown, kick the field goal, boom. Uh, 2019 W, nice playing right home. But it doesn't happen. You get the interception, now, you know, now it's a bad playing right home. So, you know, it's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between winning and losing in the National Football League. And Grady Jarrett said, hey, we can't sulk too long. 
there's still a ton to play for. You know what, I mean, I can't lie and say it's not a missed opportunity because, I mean, it is, but at the end of the day, we still got life. We still got stuff ahead of us to, to be able to um, do and strive for because, uh, you know, we went all the way to the end. We felt good about our chances coming into the, to this game and uh, for it to go down how it did definitely hurt and it's disappointing, but we got to go back to work, you know what I'm saying? And uh, So we can't we can't um, sit here and soak in this for too long because we got to get back to work. It's, the, it's one of the losses where you want to get back, you know, on the field quick, you know what I'm saying? And get the taste out yeah, so you know, um, wanted to uh, kind of double cross check Grady uh, with uh, some of the other defenders. So you know, talk to Lorenzo Carter about you know the defense and uh, you know uh, uh, just a couple things about the run defense and how uh, they're gonna try to move forward. Here is Lorenzo Carter, Falcons outside linebacker. You know, everybody just you know, maybe playing a little stouter against the run and so forth. Look, like you had it under control, then they started getting a couple on you. Yeah, like you said, we do got to play stouter. Uh, we can't give up uh, the big plays and the explosive plays, especially on the ground. Um, that's something we've proud ourselves on the whole season. And we gave up too much this game. Hey, you, I mean, you know, I've been seeing this for a long time. Ten games come down to the last play yeah. this year. Just the Raiders, or just the Cincy and San Francisco game. And it's like, y'all going to be in a game every week. Yeah. That's what I mean, too. Like you said, that's, that's the NFL. Uh, that's what I let the young guys know, especially after these tough losses. Oh, man. You never know what play, which which series, what play, what call. I mean, shit, you got to take advantage of every opportunity because, you know, like, like you said, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to one or two plays and maybe one score or less than one score. Mm-hmm. How big was the stop? I mean, uh, O had the ball. Y'all got the three and out to set him back up. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, how big was that stop for y'all? We scared y'all shot at. That was huge, but I mean, it wasn't a surprise for us. Mm-hmm. We we know what we got to do, especially at the end of the game when it comes down to. Uh, I mean, it's nut cutting time. I mean, shit, it's it's time for you to go play. Yeah, it's time for you to go make a stop and. I think we've done a good job all year trying to make sure that when it comes down to it, we make those stops. But when earlier in the game, it'll make it a lot easier if we do them. Right. If we bow up and make those stops earlier. All right. And one of the you know last notes here before we get out, uh, Arnold Ebukati was uh, coming home. He grew up in Silver Springs, um, you know, during his uh, U.S. part of his, uh, you know, upbringing right outside of the D.C. area, and he was questionable for the game with the forearm. He left the game in the second quarters when we got the announcement, and I don't believe he went back in. So um, Coach didn't have an update uh, or didn't share the update because, uh, you know, he didn't, probably doesn't go get it on purpose, so he doesn't have to share it. But the doctors know they know who's hurt and who's not after the game. But now, uh, you know, the teams like to have the doc, the coach as the one spokesman. And so we kind of slow roll with the injury information. But we checked with Arnold and um, wanted to know how he's feeling after the game. Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, just got to uh, get back to treatment, get my hand back, and get my strength back. So go for me to attack we have next week and go from there. All right, no problem. Arnold's gonna he's gonna just go from there next week and see see how it goes uh, as he tries to move forward. 
here in his rookie season. He's really coming on, and uh, they certainly need him. He gets a little pass rush and plays a little uh, stout on that corner for the Falcons. So with that, we're going to you know wrap it up here. The Falcons are... Woo, they're still in the playoff race. Just a half game back of Tampa Bay at 5-7. And seven. and uh, somebody's going to have to win the NFC South. And, you know, they might as well compete and try to do it and try to get to the playoffs. And, you know, you know, I think you learn more from winning than losing. Yeah, you mess up your draft pick. But, hey, the draft's pretty much a crapshoot anyway. Y'all see Zach Wilson doing his thing up with the Jets. And he was the number two overall pick just two years ago. So, yeah, I don't. Being up high in the draft, no guarantee. The uh, Cowboys got Michael Pearsons at a Parsons at eleven. So you know you're gonna find players wherever you're at. Uh, hopefully you you know hopefully you do. That's the goal. But you know I think winning is more important than draft positioning. I mean maybe you know in the NBA maybe tanking is okay, but uh, in the National Football League, this the psychology uh, of winning and reinforcing your gotten principles and how you're going to attack people and how you're going to defend people uh you can do that a lot better winning and you got a lot happier happier campers when they're winning as opposed to you know people that are fighting uphill trying to get out the door you want them out the door because you want to start over and get some better players in you know that's where the falcons are in this rebuilding gotta give uh, i was on the radio somewhere this week and i was like hey you got oh no i know i was with down with bill shanks and uh for folks down in Macon, I said, hey, you got to give them credit for winning or at least being in the playoff hunt for um, last year. I think it was to week 16 in Buffalo. And uh, this year we're going into week 12. We just finished week 12. We're going to week 13. Then they got a bye. So they might be in it all the way. It might come down to that last game against Tampa Bay. And, um, Given the handicaps, and and you know they won't they won't fuss about them, but I mean they are playing without seventy seven million dollars in dead salary cap space. They're clearing the books. Next year they'll have money. Players that are here now are playing because they know they're gonna have money. So there's gonna be opportunity to to you know uh, get a better contract here or even elsewhere. But uh, you know um, the Falcons play tough. They played tough today. Came up a little short. You know, they have deficiencies, and, and you all know them. Uh, you know, probably throwing the ball wasn't your best move with the game on the line, but uh, that's what they did. And maybe one day when they get the, um, you know, quarterback who can do that, they, they, they'll, that'll be a, a great compliment to this rushing attack that they're building and uh, can only get better with. So with that, we're going to get out of here. We're going to um, wish you all to have a uh, – a good week. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Take care and have a great week. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. Pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements. 
are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.